Green washing, green hushing, green bumbling, oh my. With so much at stake in 2024 with sustainability communication, I need to bring in some reinforcements. Hey everybody and welcome to the Sustainability Communicator, a podcast exploring the intersection of corporate sustainability and storytelling. I'm your host, Mike Howard, a sustainability communication nerd with more than 15 years of experience on both sides of the podium as a journalist for media outlets like GreenBiz and a communication strategist for major global companies. During each episode, we explore interesting sustainability communication challenges, risks, and opportunities facing folks in the business community and beyond. If you're ready to talk your walk, then you've come to the right place. Time to get to it. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Whitney Daly, EVP of Purpose at Allison. Uh, thanks for being here today, Allison. Oh, start over. <laughs> It's called you. Not Allison. the first person to do that. You're welcome. Why do they call you Allison? Okay, ready? Hey, everybody. I'm here with my friend Whitney Daly, EVP of Purpose at Allison. Um, good to be here with you today, Whitney. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah. So, uh, Whitney is a fellow sustainability communications extraordinaire, uh, been in this business pretty much as long as me, and uh, worked in a variety of roles, working with lots of different types of clients. Um, so, today, uh, Allison, I, I keep calling you Allison. I'm just going to leave that in, not edit it out. It's weird when you have a name of a company that's a person, and then I'm like, "Yeah, I, w- I know your name's Whitney." Anyway, you can say Allison worldwide if you if you can. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so Whitney, uh, yeah, it's the beginning of the year. I know everyone's putting out their 2024 uh, predictions, which we all know in this space are not necessarily useless, but they're not the most helpful. But it's it's still fun to it's a fun exercise. So I'd love to hear, you know, what are your thoughts on sustainability comms in 2024? You know, what, what should we expect? Um, what's keeping you up at night and what are you excited about? Yeah, uh, we actually uh, just did a webinar, which we titled planning for the unexpected, because to your point, how, how do we actually predict the year ahead beyond knowing that it's going to continue to be turbulent? It's going to continue to bring the heat literally and figuratively, I think. Um, so, you know, we're going to do our best to kind of navigate through that. Can you hear my dogs? Yeah, but it's fine. Are you sure? Yeah. Don't worry about it. Strength. Okay. Yeah. So I think some things that we can expect in the year ahead, um, the continued rhetoric around anti-ESG, I don't think that is going to go away. I think companies are still going to be grappling with looking at hush and green hush and purpose hush, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, is a reality of our industry right now. You probably saw the Wall Street Journal article calling ESG the latest corporate dirty word in corporate America. But the reality is the work is not stopping. Mm-hmm. And in fact, communications is not stopping. It's just how we communicate. I think as practitioners, we really need to double down on nuance. Um, being incredibly specific about our communications and being specific about who we're communicating with and why. We talk about the right message to the right stakeholder. uh, And I think that that is incredibly important right now, as well as just stripping it down to the issues and the impact and the work that's happening. Not using jargon, not using these, you know, words and phrases that can be interpreted differently by different people. But just stripping it down to simple language and, and talking about the great work that we're doing and will continue to do in the year ahead. I think that's number one. Number two, I think we're going to see um, an increased emphasis on 
corporate response. Uh, you know, we have an election year here as well as in other countries globally, and it's going to cause many issues to bubble up again and stakeholders are going to be looking for companies to respond. I think the difference now, I think when we were in, you know, 2018, even 2020, it was every company kind of signaling their commitment to various issues and getting credit for that. It's much more complicated today. I still do believe that issues response is important and and really looking at your priority stakeholders and what what they care about. However, today we need to really look at when is it appropriate for us to speak out? When is it not appropriate? Both of those options are okay as long as you continue to lean in on your purpose and your values as an organization. Um, so we're going to see more of that kind of real-time issues response, that expectation from stakeholders for, for brands to potentially have a POV on issues that are going to be hot button in our society. Other thing I think we're going to see, um, no surprise to, to anyone in this world, Climate disclosure is just being super top of mind. Um, you might hear my dogs barking again. It's okay. <laughs> so, We're, we all I love mean, dogs here in this channel. Yeah, uh, yeah they're even louder now. Theos <laughs> um, already, um, obviously, the they new EU sustainability disclosures, um, SCC coming down the pipeline, we, we think. Um, soon. And, and those are all going to impact communication. But I think it will add a level of rigor to our work that I don't think is, is necessarily a bad thing, um, especially as we have seen heightened calls around greenwashing. We really need to be buttoned up in our communications and, and, and disclosure is going to be a part of that. Um, the last thing I just want to touch on is Gen Z and climate activism. I think um, David Gellis in his Climate Forward newsletter talked about climate activism not going away in 2024, actually increasing this year. And I think one of the things that we really need to think about as communications practitioners and especially brand practitioners is how do we bring Gen Z into the fold of what we're doing from a sustainability perspective? This is not an us against them. Like, let's come together. Climate activists are also your consumers in, 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 in some cases. And I think that there, there can be a lot of opportunity um, to listen to the messages that we're hearing um, and even co-create. I, I actually um, found this example recently of a, a campaign or a project that, that Puma did um, where they actually brought in five youth climate activisms, activists to help them co-create some of their sustainability initiatives. Hmm. I thought that was really, really interesting. Like we, we need to band together um, and really use feedback and, and point of views from, from different areas of, of society in order to really make progress on our sustainability goals. And no one will be more affected by our sustainability progress now and in the future than Gen Z. So those are just a few things that I think I'm, I'm seeing on the horizon. Um, but obviously, we, we can't really predict with too much certainty what we're going to see in the year ahead. Yeah, everything you said, I definitely see that as well from where I sit. And I think it's interesting when we talk about Gen Z because you, know, you and I are we're millennials, I guess, or elderly millennials now, but you know, a little yeah. over a decade when we started on this path, everyone was talking about us the way we're talking about Gen Z now. So I often think like, is this a cycle where, you know, you start out as the young idealistic people like ourselves, and then you, now we're not, well, we're not the oldest, we're not the youngest, but are, are we spending sometimes a little too much time worrying about different generations and age when there's lots of people that are older than us that really care and want to get engaged too. So I often think about 
Um, like, you know, one of the cop-outs I think a lot of people have is it's caring about the future is a young person's game, but like, I know plenty of older people who have, you know, grandchildren and they want them to live in a good world too. So I, I definitely think also like, how can we, you know, we want to bring in the new generation, but also there's plenty of people that have been around for a while that definitely want to engage too. And how can we, you know, reach them as well? 100% and learn, you know, learn from their life experiences and, and build on that. And I still, I tried TikTok and I just, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> there's, you know that you're, you're old when you get to that age where you're, you're not into all the social media platforms anymore. And you're like, wow, I'm, Facebook is for old people. Now I don't even use that much anymore either, but I just, I'm just a LinkedIn old guy now, I guess. I don't know. Great. Um, well, I just have one more question for you. What advice would you give companies right now? And I guess I'm kind of asking you for free consulting advice here, but, um, you know, companies that are really worried about telling authentic stories or, you know, maybe they have good intentions and they, they have a good story to tell, but they're really afraid of getting a pushback for, uh, or blowback for greenwashing. You know, what, what are some high level advice you would give them on how to move forward on that front? Yeah. Um, it, it's a good question. I think the example you gave, th this is a company that's probably already doing the work, you know, they're being robust about how they approach their sustainability goals and commitments and progress. And, and I think that is 100% step one. I think step two, especially in this kind of age of skepticism and calls for greenwashing is bringing your stakeholders in early and often um, so that they can engage with what you're creating, engage with how you're talking about it and, and provide some feedback probably before you go, you know, through a big campaign process or, or external announcement. Um, and, and that can really help not only create buy-in with, with your stakeholders and activists and partners and nonprofit partners, but also to, to ensure when it goes to market, it, it's something that really resonates with the people that need to hear it most. Um, there's obviously a lot of great organizations that do this kind of work with stakeholder engagement. Um, but I do think that that's, that's a really important part of the process right now. Um, as, as we go, you know, as we continue to communicate, that's really important work. Um, and then as I said earlier, just, just to tie it back, um, be exacting in your communication, what you're saying, say it in simple and clear and plain language that, you know, can be really understood in terms of the real impact it's having on humans and our planet. And again, not using jargon, but really leaning in on impact. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing your expertise with us today, Whitney, not Allison, Whitney, who works at Allison. Um, everybody, <laughs> if you're interested in learning more about Whitney's work, follow her on LinkedIn. She puts out some great content, uh, she writes some great articles as well. Um, and that's all the time we have for today. Thanks, Whitney. Great. Thanks, Mike. And with that, we've reached the end of this episode of the Sustainability Communicator Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you like what you heard and you'd like to hear more, stay tuned for future episodes that cover a variety of topics in sustainability storytelling. To stay in the know of future episodes and other content, you can follow me, Mike Howard, on LinkedIn, or you can follow us on our newsletter. Uh, you can sign up for that in the show notes. And you can visit us on our website at www.howardimpact.com. Wherever you are in your sustainability journey, good luck and keep at it. We need you out there.